Okay, everyone, uh, greetings again on Monday. Jesus Walks podcast is back. And uh, tonight we are in a different lineup, aren't we, Martin? <laughs> yeah, we are. You are, uh, where are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in a shopping mall uh, <laughs> close to, to our summer house. And... Um, I have the hand sanitizer behind me, so people will probably come in and clean their hands. <laughs> uh, and then we are doing this recording, uh, not on Monday live, but we're doing it on uh, nighttime. So we'll see when the, when the guards come and kick me out. So uh, that, that's going to be fun to see. Let's be flexible, right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tonight it's not just two of us. Uh, Arndt Jakob is uh, actually having a camp in Norway. So bless him uh, as he is off. But uh, therefore we have a replacement. <laughs> and tonight we have a special guest. A special guest. Uh, and um, yeah, it's a dear friend of mine, uh, Joe Brooks from Riga as well. Hey, Joe. Hey, hey. thanks for having me, guys. And I definitely, no one can replace Art Jakob, let's be honest. So I'm happy to be here, but uh, you can't replace him. So uh. Yeah, that's, uh, I agree on that. Uh, so today we, <clears throat> we have uh, the uh, leadership uh, focus again on our podcast. And um, therefore, we are quite delighted to have Joe uh, here tonight with us. And it's the second time, actually, we have a guest. And uh, yeah, so we will... Uh, just flow through a friendly conversation and uh, want to, yeah, just have um, more uh, things be shared from Joe with us uh, here tonight. So really looking forward to that. I think in the beginning, uh, before we kick in, we just remind that we had our um, second session of Jesus Walks online training uh, last week, uh, accordingly, if you watch on Monday. And uh, so we, we uh, how was it, Martin? I think it was really, really good, right? Yeah, we had really good time, and um, also th something that um, is is uh, really stirring my heart is is uh, we have a like a WhatsApp group where people are are sharing testimonies and and so on, and uh, we see that um, when we are taking steps in faith and and uh, uh, heading into areas that that are a bit unknown, we can also see how, how God uh, uh, is. Um, yeah, it's leading and, and blessing and, and open doors, op opens doors, and, and people are um, also rejoicing in seeing what's happening. So yeah, uh, both uh, that session and uh, the what's happened afterwards has uh, been really good. Yeah. So uh, if uh, if you haven't been part of it, uh, the, yeah, the second session was about person of peace. Martin shared it. It was very special, and uh, yeah. We as well try to encourage people to apply it practically. So the two audios are available in the website. Uh, yeah, feel free to register and join us uh, for the remaining two ones. Uh, the next one is the ABC of being born again, about the repentance, faith, water baptism, and this uh, baptism in the spirit. So uh, join us. Aunt Jakob will be leading that with much fire. <laughs> He's really passionate on that topic, I know. So, uh, yeah, so that's the 22nd of July. But um, let's get back to tonight's topic, and uh, it's uh, leadership. And tonight we are speaking about uh, wisdom in leadership. Uh, but before we uh, specify the topic, Joe, uh, 
really nice if you can just share uh, in a few minutes a, a bit on uh, yeah your journey i guess uh, where you are right now um, i i have i have had the pleasure of serving with you for many years actually together uh, uh in a leadership team uh, but maybe you can just share a bit on your journey uh, yeah because uh, you are not originally from here aren't you oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so uh, i was born in california in the states um and then shortly after i was born my my parents moved to phoenix arizona so that's where i grew up um both my parents love jesus they they're amazing example to me um being faithful to him um and yeah so i grew up on the church uh my whole life uh i thought i was a christian and i wasn't so there was a there was a key point around 7th grade where i i realized um i'm not a christian because i go to church but i actually i'm a, a sinner in need of a savior and uh and so that was a key turning point in my life when i realized oh i need to be saved and uh give my life to jesus and to to learn to follow him and walk with him so so that was probably i don't even know how old i was but yeah 7th grade was a key shift in my life and uh and so began reading the bible read through the bible in a year as a little little kid which um it shocks me now to think about that but my my youth pastor challenged me to read through the bible and he was the first person really uh, other than my parents really made an effort to disciple me and, and walk with me so and then right before ninth grade uh my youth pastor asked uh, if I would like to go on a, a mission trip um and uh like yeah sure it said let's go to uh this little country called Latvia and uh at that time i knew it was in europe but <laughs> honestly didn't know nowhere i knew like we had to memorize all the capitals of every country so i knew riga was the capital but uh geography wasn't my strong suit then so but anyways that that was uh, another huge uh, shift in my life when I I went on that two week trip and we did camps for kids and just saw God change people's lives and in, in a week and um so in some way I got addicted to that and I just realized that's what I want my life to be about and um I thought I was going to play in the NBA up until that point but uh thankfully God had a different plan for my life so um so then went to Bible school graduated from school and and then moved to here so that was in 2007 so mm. um and then yeah so i served with an organization called Josiah Venture and uh yeah just have a heart for obviously for Jesus for the church for young people and uh central and eastern europe so um so yeah that's mm-hmm. i don't know if you have any other question ah and Also yeah in that process of serving here a few years uh met my wife and she uh, her name's Anna and she grew up here in Riga um happens to be a cousin of Marcis um so we got married in 2011 and then we have uh two little guys two little boys so that's a little bit about the family so awesome uh can you maybe share a bit on uh, yeah your experience afterwards you know you shared the journey how you came to Riga uh, also the uh, JW the missions organization 
Uh, maybe can you share a bit on uh, yeah the journey in terms of leadership or like yeah, different uh, yeah seasons you have been in yeah what kind yeah. of roles or yeah part of teams yeah so um, I've had the opportunity I don't know if it's a, a blessing or a curse but uh, to serve in many, <laughs> many many different roles and it feels like constant adjusting to uh, the new context new role. Uh, but it's a blessing, actually. It's more of a joke. Um, but I started out when I moved here at a church. Uh, it's called Matthew's Baptist Church. I'm helping out with teenagers there. Um, and then I joined a small church um, uh, after that and was helping with their youth ministry um, for a few years and then jumped in with uh, you guys, Matus, and uh, was there for, I don't know, that was it six, seven years, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, able to serve together with you guys, and then um, about I want to say two years ago, uh, moved back to uh, Matthew's Baptist Church, which um, which my wife uh, grew up in the church, and her dad's still a pastor there. So, mm-hmm. um, so, and my focus now is on the teenagers in in that church. So just. Starting from, there was nothing for teenagers. There was a high school ministry, but um, a colleague and I helped start just a teenage, um, yeah, youth work with with handful of teenagers. And uh, so, yeah, that's my new context is working with church kids like I was who who don't know they're not Christians. So, <laughs> that's very good. So, yeah. Yeah. I I was uh, we, yeah we're gonna head into leadership and, and leadership uh, lessons. But one thing that I, I got I'm curious about is uh, how because you are coming from a different culture and you're moving into uh, into the Latvian culture. How do, and also as for us the rest of us who are uh, meeting people from another culture maybe maybe immigrants in our own nations or when we are in in uh, mission trips and so forth because one thing that i've been been thinking is a bit tricky is to find uh, ways into the culture for the gospel because mm. i i don't really i know in my own culture i know for example my neighbors what's the the good news for them but it's 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 suddenly more more difficult when I'm in a different culture, and you have really doing that shift. So, do you have any lessons learned that mm. could be beneficial for the rest of us in that? That's uh-huh. a good one. Yeah, personally, I'm not great at like the on the spot questions, but yeah, I think uh, I think it's just being a good posture of learning, uh, asking good questions, and. I think uh, there was a missionary when I was I was coming in summers here. He said, uh, "Don't think after two weeks you're an expert on mm-hmm. Latvian culture." And uh, he said, "Be careful how quickly you make uh, very generalizing judgments about a culture." And uh, I don't know where he pulled this number from, but he said, "You know, uh, at ten years." As living in a culture, I think you have a good understanding of the the deeper issues, and uh, and you you by that time can have a good I think uh, understanding and ability to speak uh, the good news into a culture. Mm. You you gain um, 
credibility and uh, yeah, also ability to speak um, because people maybe trust you. I don't know. I'm assuming that would mm-hmm. uh, they see you're you're here for the long haul. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to come and drop bombs and then leave. Um, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I don't know if that's maybe. Yeah, but it's. Um, so but we, have you seen over the last like decade that you have been uh, improving in this or or uh, uh, like connecting with the with the like ordinary Latvians in order to to be able to share the gospel? Yeah, and so maybe that's one a counter to what I just said. I don't think we need to wait 10 years to say anything to try and apply the gospel. There were some things that were very clear about Latvian culture that, you know, are still, I think, true. And so, Marcus, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but there, there's a wide openness to spirituality here and maybe a lack of um, clarity and, like, yeah, lack in clarity. It's just like being able Um, I already forgot your question, but that that was one impulse that you see really quickly, and actually is still still the case. So, so people, yeah, generally would have no issues talking about uh, a higher power, spirituality, things like that. And so, I think those are open doors that, um, yeah, have been there all all the time. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks for sharing. Uh, if we go a bit further on the on the direction of uh, wisdom in leadership, uh, maybe you can share, Joe, on yeah, some of the thoughts you have had. You know, in your journey, uh, one thing I really appreciate about you is Jesus' focusedness uh, in your life. Uh, you know, we have been together for several years, and I know, yeah, your love to just read the Gospels, uh, look at the way of Jesus in in different areas. And uh, yeah, on the topic of uh, wisdom and leadership as it applies to like the New Testament reality or yeah, uh, yeah, the followers of Jesus reality altogether, maybe uh, you can share uh, yeah, some thoughts or reflections you have had um, through scriptures or through Bible. Uh. Sure. Uh, yeah, and just there's, there's been a few passages in Luke that just blown my mind. So um, they've been... Things I've been, I think, chewing on for years, and uh, and so yeah. The the first one is yeah Luke two forty, and it's uh, after um, after uh, Mary and Joseph go to the temple and present him uh, newborn Jesus there. Um, verse forty, it says the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And so it's kind of weird reality of the the Son of God. Um, I growing up, I just had this idea that he was like a baby guru. He came out. He already spoke perfect uh, Hebrew and Greek. But uh, this idea of Jesus growing as a perfect man, as Adam was supposed to be, this uh, yeah ideal person who isn't impacted by sin. Um, and so that that verse has um, really been important in my life for other reasons, but just that, yeah, he continues to grow as a holistic person. So physically, you know, relationally, spiritually. Um, and then there's the story of Jesus in the temple, his parents forgetting him, 
um, and and they go looking for him. And then in Luke two fifty two, it says again, Jesus is twelve thirteen years old, and it says Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So this concept that Jesus is full, filled with wisdom, and he continues to increase in wisdom. And so that's been an issue for me personally, is I, I had the Bible degree, I had the, you know, I was serving in my church, I, I was a youth pastor, and I thought I knew everything, just wait, Latvia, here I come. <laughs> Everything's going to change when I show up. And and God was gracious and <clears throat> and humbling me and teaching me to to learn wisdom. There's actually no ceiling to um, God's wisdom, so we can continue um, all of our life to to learn from Him and officially, especially follow Jesus. Yeah, that would be maybe the the thought behind what I'm saying is to continue to have that um, learner posture not become experts in ministry where we we don't feel the need to continue to to sit at jesus feet and learn from him so um and so the interesting um uh, words in verse 52 is that he he says he grew in favor with god and man and it's weird that they mention favor with man which seems to go against um what i think a tendency we have in Christianity is we think, you know, everyone's against us. They're going to come get us. And um, we have this kind of really defensive posture. And uh, and Jesus promised there will be persecution, oppression. Of course, that's a reality when we follow him. But I think we, we I personally miss out on a lot of um, blessing and uh, potential ministry if I don't have that posture. Hey, you know, we can have a good relationship with our neighbors and uh, mm-hmm. we, can, we can bless the people who are selling us food. And how do we seek out having, uh, experiencing favor with, with our neighbors and the people yeah. God's put around us? So, um, That's good. Because I, I think this is uh, very interesting about the, the wisdom because I don't think that I, uh, I ever heard like a teaching about when it comes to like leadership how do we grow in wisdom or why is wisdom uh, a good thing for us or, or necessary or that. But it's, it's when we read here uh, uh, from Luke, it's, it's, it seems to be crucial in Jesus' ministry that he grow in wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any, any thought or if we put it like this, if I, me as a leader, if I realize now that I need to grow in wisdom, how, how should I do it? Mm. Yeah. yeah, so it's a good segue. Thank you. Uh, I think it's it's here in, in verse, the verse before that, um, again, is just one that's blowing my mind. It's There's mm. a history of God that I just, beauty in the scriptures. And in verse 51, it says, after he has this interaction with his parents in the temple, he's saying, you know, I'm here doing uh, in my father's house. Uh, it says, and he went down with them going back to Galilee and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And that concept of the son of God uh, in the flesh, clear in his calling in life, clear in his relationship with the father, he's actually living in submission to um 
imperfect authority in his life, you know. Uh, yeah, I think we're, I don't know <laughs> which denominations are, are listening to this, but uh, I, I don't believe Mary was, was perfect and Joseph as well. Um, and so we have Jesus submitting to authority. And so I think that's, that's the wisdom is how do I as a leader still involve people in my life where I'm learning from them? I'm, I'm actually open to being, giving input uh, in my life, seeing blind spots in my life. And so, so for me, that's been an issue that I've had to seek out in recent years. Like who are people that can really um, speak into my life, help me grow as a leader, challenge me as a husband, as a father and things like that. So, so that concept of Jesus as a son of God being submissive it blows my mind. I don't fully get that. Um, but I think there is a blessing when we're under authority. Um, yeah, we're, we're much, um, yeah. How to explain that thought. It's a very practical way to learn from Jesus. If we have godly men that we're learning from, um, yeah, who we allow to really speak into our lives, maybe. Yeah. As to this topic, Joe, uh, if you can maybe also <clears throat> specify, what do you think are the maybe the challenges that keeps like uh, you know growing leaders or uh, already existing leaders uh, from having that uh, you know uh, accountability and submission? Yeah. What do, what have you seen in your journey, you know, personally or to the people around? The, lessons you have learned what are the obstacles from having that blessing in your life yeah so for me it's waiting for that perfect person and realizing you know there won't be you know i can't i would love to sit under tim keller he's a guy i really love and respect but uh he's currently busy with other things and so it was for me a few years ago i just said okay god who who are people i can invite into my life and really learn from And immediately he brought a guy to mind and, uh, and he wasn't, you know, he's not a guy that, you know, is going to be writing tons of books and being invited for interviews and things like that. He's just a very humble guy. He's serving, served here many, um, years. And so for me, it was more just stopping, praying, asking God, you know, who, who have you already provided who might not be my first, um, let's say maybe my ideal choice. And, and actually as I've pursued that relationship and he's maybe, he's not the only guy, but I've seen, wow, you know, again, not to go into specific details, but he's American missionary. He's got a Latvian wife and he's, he's gone through a lot of things and he's actually the perfect guy for me. And, uh, and so, you know, God had provided that if, And if I was looking for, you know, this ideal leader who's, you know, on stages everywhere, I would have still been looking for him. But mm. it, God can still use imperfect people. And so I have a lot to learn from this guy. So, And I think just to add to that also that, that we as leaders need to create a culture where it's, uh, it's, a, it's a natural thing to have that kind of, if we call it mentor or, or whatever we call it, because uh, I, I see, in, especially in, in, uh, in Swedish church culture, we don't have that culture. Uh, so it's, mm. it's uh, you, you have it 
maybe you are are going some kind of Bible school or some kind of training, then you it's you ought to have it. So then you have it, but it's not a necessary thing. Because so so in in that case, it's also quite a difficult question to ask because you don't really have a, a role model. Mm. Uh, you have to introduce the the the, the whole principle of it. Um, and I think that's a, a real key thing for us as leaders mm. to, to create that culture. So it's a, it's a natural thing. So people just can, can the, it's asking who, uh, and it's not asking uh, uh, why or how or, or th- those kind of questions. Those are natural questions for us. So I think that's a, mm. um, that's a natural thing. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, uh, I have to see it's a need that I need it, not uh, I, I should get a mentor because, you know, someone told me I need a mentor. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I just see the need, you know, I, I, uh, um, so for me, it was more personal. I saw the need for it. And so I sought it out and it takes maybe some, um, humility to admit you need input in your life as a leader and to see your own failures, your own weaknesses. And so, um, again, that took years for me to realize that <laughs> I tend to be a slower learner. But, uh, but yeah, so I think creating the culture is first we, we see the need for it. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it takes us being, yeah, having failures or brokenness and seeing it. You know, God allows us to see that. And then we, we see, wow, we, this is a real need. So, but yeah, it takes the, the step of humility to, to ask someone. He, the guy wrote me back. He said, I don't think I'm the right guy. I'm willing to do it. And I, it's like, you're the right guy. If you don't think you're the right guy, then that's the type of guy I want a humble guy to follow who's mm. not an expert and who, who's, but who's willing. So, yeah. <laughs> Martin got frozen. <laughs> yeah, oh, maybe that just closed down. It's like 12, ten o'clock. Yeah, might be. Uh, but yeah, Joe. Um, yeah, as for this, maybe um, there's yeah other like uh, other principles or you know stuff you have experienced in your sure. life that could be of great value. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things we teach in our our training when we work with youth leaders, we have I have even a diagram. Let's see if we can see this. So. Try not to read my notes, but uh, so we have Jesus, your ministry and application. So this little dance, uh, we want to help learn ourselves and help uh, youth leaders learn how to, um, how to look to Jesus life, see how he, he did ministry um, to, to look at our reality. What are the challenges we're facing in our, our ministry now? And then say, how has Jesus gone through anything similar to this? And the reality is he's gone through a lot. And the scripture, thank God we have the, the four gospels. And um, there's a lot we can learn from Jesus when we really dig and spend time and, and pray as we're reading. So um, so that that's the kind of dance we, we try and help people learn is um, we look to Jesus. We look to our reality and how do we apply um what Jesus has done in our present reality. So, um, and it's, it takes some time. It's a, it's, it's not, uh, the quick answers we get, um, or are given. Yeah. May not be the best, but, uh, when we look to his life, we see, 
there's certain times in his ministry where he, he shifts his focus um, maybe off of the crowds and he, he turns his focus more at that last period of his ministry onto the, to the 12 or to the inner core of disciples. And so, so that's one, one uh, principle that maybe just, yeah, uh, it's been a real blessing in my life is uh, Dave Patty. He's the, the leader of Josiah Venture. And he, he talks about ministry being like driving a car and uh, there's certain moments when we're driving, when, when the car starts to shake and there's uh, gears are rubbing, that you can tell something's not going right. And I think if you're in ministry for any period of time, you experience that. And, uh, and sometimes it may just be God getting us aware that we need to repent of something. We're, we're in error and we just need to stop and say, okay, God, what, what, what are you telling us to do right now? But there's also times when actually we're, we're moving in the right direction and it just means it's time to shift and uh, shift gears. And then the, the car just takes off even faster. And, um, and so that's one thing is just being aware. And it feels like, you know, your car is about to break. If you drive in second gear on the freeway, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> But if you shift, you can feel, oh, now we're really starting to move. And there's, mm-hmm. and if, uh, beginning of Acts 6, there's this story of the, um, it's kind of a crisis, maybe one of the first crises in the early church is the, the widows aren't being cared for, cared for equally. And we see the, the leaders, they, they stop, they listen to God, they pray, and they appoint new leaders. And it, it shows, I should probably read it rather than butcher it, but it just shows how the ministry expands because there's a shift in, in leadership. Yeah. And so there's the paying attention to what's, uh, what's God showing us. Yeah. And it says in Acts 6, verse 7, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of priests became obedient to the faith. faith. So... There's a crisis that could have, you know, everything could have imploded. People could say, hey, we need to just totally shift focus and do something else. But they, they stopped, they listened to God, and they, they delegate responsibility so the, the ministry can, can expand and multiply. So, so for me, that helps is when sometimes when it feels like everything's falling apart, it's actually a good sign. It's like things are moving forward, but it just means we need to make a shift in leadership. Yeah. On this one, this is very good. Uh, can you share maybe, I don't know, a practical example from your life in terms of the shift of the seasons uh, where you have experienced, like, uh, yeah, the transition actually being a blessing and maybe not looking that way in the beginning or, or yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have had some shifts, haven't you? Yeah, I, I think there was... Uh, yeah, there's been plenty of those. I'm currently in one. That's why I'm laughing. Uh, I'm seeing, you know, I'm doing, uh, I can't, things can't continue like they're, they're going in my local setting and also in my Josiah Venture local training team. There just needs to be more people. Things are looking way too much like Joe and uh, they need to be a little more well-rounded, a little more have more inside input from other people. And so uh, I'm just praying. God gave a list of people to start talking with uh, to involve in my, those two teams. And, uh, 
and and it's not pleasant period season. <laughs> uh it's like feels overwhelming and uh but you know if there's a shift that needs to happen god's god's going to provide the right people um so i just needed to actually put some things i was working on aside so i focus on those two teams in this mm. season so there's been other um shifts and focus um but yeah maybe that's the most current one is is stop the that uh, so much focus on the actual ministry and focus on, okay, it's time to work on a team and to invest in a team and do ministry through a team for this season. So mm-hmm. instead of being involved with everything, like there's nothing wrong with being ground level, doing everything involved with everything, but you're, you limit the multiplication factor, I think when it's all revolving around me. So mm. Yeah, that's very valuable. Uh, and in, in in kind of in relation to this uh, uh, question is uh, when it comes to leadership and, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, this kind of um, doing everything being uh, in a sense kind of everywhere. And that often we have talked about the idea of burnout or like, you know, uh, going beyond the, the limits or the capacity. Uh, and, and I know God has taught you a lot on, on actually the kind of this subject as, as to walk yeah, on the foundational level with God and how to find the healthy rhythms and, and wisdom also in terms of capacity and uh, priorities. Can you maybe share on this? Because uh, I mean, I know you have a lot to share maybe on it, but maybe some basic principles that God has taught you over the last seasons. Yeah. Um, uh there was a book I read. Um, <laughs> I feel weird like promoting a book I have no association with, but it's called An Unhurried Life. Um, and it's uh, Alan Fadling wrote it. And it just looks at Jesus' life and the pace he ran. And it, you know, um, it's talking about having an unhurried ministry, unhurried life. And, you know, there, it acknowledges there's busy seasons in ministry, busy seasons in my life. But if that's our default for years and years and years, we're probably doing things that God isn't inviting us to do. We're, we're involved with way, way too much. Um, or, yeah, or we should be delegating better, maybe. So for me, it's been, uh, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, healthy rhythms as um, again, looking to Jesus' life, not creating my own view of what's healthy and right. He he has seasons where he's not even able to eat meals. So that's a reality. We'll have seasons that are just crazy, but we see right after that, he pulls the disciples away for some time and rest. And he's, um, and he's praying, he's doing the hard work, uh, but he, um, he has this kind of, how do they call it? Um, Engagement and disengage, maybe that's the language they use. There's this rhythm of he he um, engages in ministry and then pulls back and he's getting up before the sun rises to spend time with his father. Um, and it seems like that was a habit for him, that he was, he was so prioritizing uh, time with the father that he, he would do uh, the hard work when other people were sleeping, basically. So... So that also can be a recipe for burnout if we're <laughs> if our default is we're getting up at four for uh, some people have done that and God's used that but for me 
um, I've had to learn what's the rhythm, what's the season of ministry I'm in right now, and learning to walk at, at Jesus' pace. So he sets the pace for me, um, and sometimes it feels more like a sprint, uh, but he'll, he'll allow me to have time of season of, you know, disengaging, refreshment, filling. Um, so that's so it's, yeah, I don't know if that made any sense, but, uh, that's what, what comes to mind is, uh, is following his pace for the season that, that we're in. So that's really good. Uh, yeah, I got kicked out uh, by the guards now from my shopping mall, but I'm, I'm still having the Wi-Fi. Uh, but I was thinking about this both when you are in the you're talking about transition and like shifting gear, but also uh, this about. And I think uh, when I when I look back, I can see really that uh, during those seasons, it's it's often someone coming in from the from the maybe from the outside, at least from the side, and helping me to. To, to see clearly in this uh, uh, in these circumstances, and I think that's uh, that's also a crucial way in order to gain the wisdom, because often you are so uh, in it yourself, uh, so you can't really see clear, mm-hmm. uh, or you are so busy doing ministry, so you can't really see clear about yeah, I need to take a step back, or I need to do focus on this. Uh, so I I, I um can really see the, when I look back in my life that uh, allowing those people coming in uh, and maybe also really making a structure for it, both in my my leadership team or in, in my own life, having that structure so people really have a way in speaking truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's not the... Um, it's not their... Uh, way to to make it happen but i've already created the path beforehand i, I think that's been uh, when i look back that's been extremely helpful for me mm-hmm. yeah and and um one last maybe more practical concept that's really uh really stuck out to me in this last few years has been the idea of time in the new testament and you know, I can sit down in an hour and read through one of the Gospels, but the concept of Jesus walking four to five days, you know, down to Jerusalem or back, and this idea of, like, this is Jesus who had to do the most important work in history. And uh, he didn't seem to be thinking these five days, four days, like, are... Um, are a waste and we don't know what he was doing on those times. He was often, you know, doing ministry as he's making his way down. But that idea of traveling and I, at that season, I was like thinking, how's the fastest way I can get to our conference and back so I can do more ministry. And I just felt my pace of mentally was so unhealthy. I realized, you know, I can fly. Jesus didn't fly and he, he accomplished quite a bit. And he walked from place to place. And so it was being aware of my own mental state, how, how I was just constantly feeling rushed and there's more to do and more to do. And he, he would withdraw. And it's like, we probably have that same privilege that we can step back and get perspective. And also, like you said, invite people in to say, hey, Joe, we see you're out of control. <laughs> and if we don't have those people around us, then we're in, we're in big trouble. Um, cause sometimes our head's so buried in what we're doing. We don't, we don't see 
this is not going to last. So, so anyways, that idea of reading the Gospels in time and, and thinking, you know, I've been to Israel and you, you drive from, you know, Jerusalem to Galilee and you see, this is a long walk. And, uh, and even from city to city, there's like time there. And he's not, you know, we say burning the, what's it called? Burning the wick on both ends. He's like, he's like a normal human. He's sleeping, he's eating with people. And, uh, and so I just saw my tendency is just, I'm, I'm sprinting all the time. And that's, that can't be what God's calling me to. Mm. Um, it can be a season, of course, it can be a longer season, but you know, if that's my default, something's out of control. So I think this is so valuable. I think it, I know it touches my heart. Uh, yeah. Uh, learning a lot. Maybe, uh, yeah, as we are kind of moving uh, more towards the end, uh, at least from, from me, one, Martin can add another like uh, final question or, or point, but uh, if you could just share maybe uh, any practical uh, th- thoughts, how, how God has helped you to implement this reality of, of this unhurried life and, and, mm-hmm. you know, not running away from the ministry, but how, how to do it in a wholesome, balanced, uh, yeah, wisdomful way, maybe any tips or, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked a lot about this already, but the Sabbath concept, it's like, it's, you know, God said it in, in uh, um, creation, it was super, apparently it was important to God if people were, were stoned, if they're doing stuff on the Sabbath. So he, he set that rhythm of six and one in, like, in, in nature and in, in our... Um, our reality. And so I, I just had to learn how to do Sabbath and uh, how to, how to protect that time. So I'm, I'm fresh. My relationship with God is vibrant and growing. And, and so, I mean, that's not like a groundbreaking new idea, but the, I just wasn't, I was doing it bit by bit, but I had to learn to discipline myself. And I see when I'm disciplined, Discipline is probably not the right word, but when I'm disciplined in the Sabbath, I'm much more fruitful. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but uh, obviously God had his, he knows us, he had his reason for doing that. So, and then learning things that um, refresh me. So for me, I need to exercise, I need to um, get outside, very basic things. It, It took years of practicing Sabbath to learn what again looking to scripture what did what's god's mindset what sabbath should be obviously that's where i started but um also learning those as a whole person what do i need um to be healthy and so i need exercise i need those shouldn't we shouldn't need to say we need to exercise like that should be so obvious to us that um when we read the gospels and think how much they're walking doing carpentry work like picking up stones and stuff like that's yeah we need to relearn that i think his way of of life so sabbath would be one there's probably more but that's the first that comes to mind yeah um yeah and we we often try to be uh, so practical we can so can you take us through your sabbath uh, routine because i think this is a challenging part so what do you do with my cell phone what do i do with with my snapchat what do i do yeah. 
is is reading uh, yeah what uh, with the ministry it, message uh. yeah it, it's not about lo- uh, rules what's allowed and not allowed i, I think it's it's not the, that um i'm uh, looking for but, but how can you take us because uh, i think this is a bit tricky for us in in uh, in our season and not jewish and and so forth what what's are our um uh, how how do we steward the the sabbath Mm. so to say yeah yeah um again i can only really speak about my own like experience and i think to to some degree it will be different uh based on how we're wired what's uh, refreshing for us but so for me it's um i have to make myself unavailable relationally not you know i have wife and kids i don't make myself relationally <laughs> unavailable to them they have access to me um but i purposely plan things i don't plan uh what you know work stuff on mondays and and the weird thing is once i started doing it it's crazy how many people would start calling me on those days and they're amazing but they're not like my enemies but there's such i think i believe there's so much opposition to learning this sabbath um uh rhythm that um you i'm the most popular person it feels like in the universe on on monday when i practice uh sabbath it's it's bizarre so learning to love those people say hey you know um week after week hey don't call me if you have something call me sunday night late even that's fine just don't call me on monday and setting up those like healthy boundaries so so they they know you're accessible but um there is certain structure in my our rhythm of life as a family so um but the question was how how do i practically do it yeah i turn my my I have a little iphone i turn it on do not disturb all monday it's it's very helpful to remove all those distractions i listen to the bible when i work out um but I'm not getting notifications because it's on do not disturb. So I go to the gym, I listen to the Bible scripture. I'm just like allowing that to soak in. Um, a journal uh, that may not sound, <laughs> but I'm processing what, um, what God's teaching me, what things he's leading me to do. Um, and then I look back over it week to week. Um, so again, these aren't things I started with on day one. I'm at, I'm going to do it and I, it's perfect. I just had to learn these things help me stay focused on Jesus. They help me stay, be, be a, a, a good father, a good husband, uh, a good. Um, so anyways, and within my Sabbath, it's time with family. It's um, fun time, at, you know, doing Legos with my son, oldest son. And it's just things that help remind me I'm not God. I'm not absolutely essential to the church i don't need to be accessible it's it's crazy how much of the sabbath is up in my mind and uh learning disciplining myself to to accept i'm not absolutely essential jesus is essential to the church i'm not and so i can step back for 24 hours and um so that's for most of it it was a mental thing for me learning things that allow me to mentally let go ministry is Jesus. He, he can do it without me. And, and it's been multiple times of burnout that I've had to learn. <laughs> I'll throw that in there too. 
there was, I learned the hard way with this. So, um, so yeah, maybe that's some thoughts. Any, did I answer your question? <laughs> I think Martin mentioned he has a bit of bad connection, but uh, okay. I could answer in his place. I think yeah. you did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it's very good to hear the practicality. You know, often we, we might speak of the principle, but how does it apply? I think it's, it's always nice to hear just different approaches. Um, yeah. Sorry. And, and obviously one thing it's true in all of the scriptures is you know, like God's word is in there. I didn't mention that, but it's like, I'm, I'm reading chunks of scripture. I'm meditating on short bits of scripture I'm memorizing scripture. So that's another part, but sometimes I don't, we don't mention that, but that's ob- should be obvious, but that's, I'm doing that in the day too as well. So that's very good. Uh, yeah, I think as we as we kind of uh, basically wrap up this episode, uh, you know, we have touched quite a lot of different principles and, and like thoughts from the scriptures, uh, you know, about the submission. I think that's a big one. And now about the space of life, uh, maybe, uh, you know, there's quite a wide range of, of people listening to uh, uh, us. But, you know, as we focus on the leadership side, we have touched some areas, maybe some final word to people that... Uh, find they'll find themselves either struggling with the submission part or like feeling about this burnout uh, kind of uh, they maybe resonate i know i do in many of the seasons in my life this uh, things you share uh yeah any final word of like practical direction or approach or encouragement how to move on or yeah what's the steps to make uh just as we close up uh. hmm. yeah um <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of thoughts that come to mind, but for me, it's, uh, I mean, it's, again, it should sound obvious, but it's a lot of repentance. I just have to learn, God, I, I answered that phone call last week on Monday because I feel like I'm the savior of the universe. And I just like, so I hopefully don't wait a week to repent of that, but I, I, I it's uh, Sabbath has been a lot of um, learning to repent of my, my pride, my, feeling of being way more important than I am way too essential to what God's doing. And, uh, so for me, a lot of times that's the first step is just, um, if I'm burnt out, it's God can allow us to do that. Um, I think usually he's, it's not his, uh, yoke or his work he's given us. If we're experienced burnout constantly, like I was, um, I was, a lot of my burnout was based on performance for men. That's a whole nother maybe topic is uh, I was so busy to please other people that I was, I was not carrying uh, mm. the, the weight Jesus was giving me to carry with him. And so a lot of my burnout was just, I was constantly trying to please people around me and do way more than actually Jesus was inviting me to do. So so I, I would say first is just like to to listen to God, repent of things you He exposes the Spirit. He He's really capable of showing us our sin and and pointing us back to Jesus. So, um, so the burnout, I'd say, like um, He wants to lead us. Uh, he's a good shepherd. Um, he'll He'll set the pace for you in, in this next season of life. And but we just need to follow Him. So. To recognize what I'm, what am I following? My ego, my, my current leader, maybe he's, um, he's being faithful, but his pace is different than mine. And so really just, yeah, 
repenting of of uh, serving some other thing other than him and then yeah learning it's step by step for me it was for learning his pace and then the pace has changed and it's it's discerning god is this new opportunity from you maybe maybe not asking input from other people what do you think about this new this potentially amazing ministry we could start um but uh yeah, I guess I don't have like real clear short. <laughs> this is very good. No, I think this is very good. Uh, you touched the discernment. I know that's a good topic for you as well, but uh, not for this episode. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, but uh, okay. I think, yeah, asking the spirit of God, people of God, right? Uh, being in the, yeah, word, the of word of God, the spirit of God and the people of God, just those are three things God's provided for us and, and involving them in my life as much as possible. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, that's so good. Thank you, Joe. Uh, yeah, very good. And uh, yeah, I think uh, with that, we, we uh, set this episode uh, to end. Uh, uh, thank you, everyone listening, uh, watching. Um, yeah, our connections have been a bit back and forth. Uh, Martin is uh, somewhere in the mall. <laughs> yeah, <Aren't you? laughs> I am. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, we hope this has been beneficial uh, for everyone listening. Uh, it definitely has been for me. And again, thank you, Joe, uh, for taking your time. And uh, yeah, bless, blessings in the ministry you do. And uh, yeah, yeah, thank uh, you guys for, for what you're doing too and, and for pointing people to Jesus and uh, helping them learn how to follow him in their context. It's, it's uh, not easy, but it's definitely worth it. So thank you guys. And um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. So I have a lot to learn from you. I felt like I talked, <laughs> I guess that's what guests do. Exactly. I, I think I would like to hear you guys all answer all those questions too, but yeah. <laughs> thank you for what you're doing for the kingdom too. So yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, with that uh, said, uh, yeah, we say about everyone and uh, See you soon again. Bye, guys.